Welcome to the Negotiations Ninja podcast, where we teach you the skills and strategies to become a master negotiator and communicator. Whether you're looking to close a big deal in business or navigate a tricky conversation, we've got you covered. Also, check out our negotiation training on our website at www.negotiations.ninja and level up your negotiation and communication skills. So grab a notebook and get ready. Let's begin. Hello, Negotiations Ninja listeners, and welcome to this great new episode with my guest, Paul Nadeau, fellow Canadian and a hostage negotiation professional. We talk all about how to negotiate within life and business using Paul's peer negotiation method. We also talk about dealing with inner and outer conflict, as well as the SALES, S-A-L-E-S acronym for successful sales and negotiations. Enjoy this great episode with my guest, Paul Nadeau. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Mark, I am doing fantastic. The sun is shining. I am above ground, and I have to say I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking. How sure about above ground? Is that the benchmark for success? <laughs> well, you know, it is one of the benchmarks for success, because if we're not above ground, the chances of success have minimized drastically. Yeah, we? that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on, man. We're going to have a lot of fun today, I can tell already. But before we get too deep into the discussion, maybe tell the listeners a bit about who you are and what you do. You bet. I'm Paul Nadeau. I'm from Toronto, Canada. Currently, I am a keynote speaker. I speak on the topics of negotiations. I speak on the topics of mental wellness and also on conflict resolution. I'm also an author. I've authored a few books. I'm a former hostage negotiator, former international peacekeeper. I was also a professional interrogator. My job was really to hunt down the criminals, interrogate them, and negotiate with a number of people, not only hostage takers, but people in crisis. And uh, I made a real passion to understand the human mind and how we all operate. And I've discovered a lot about people and how to connect with people. And this is something that I've really, truly enjoyed over the years. A little bit about my background is that I was raised by a very violent father. And consequently, he indirectly taught me how to go out and find work, how to negotiate with adults. My mother was a little bit of a saleswoman, and she helped me to do that as well. So I learned a lot of these tools before I reached the age of 15. And it was quite remarkable that I've expanded on that since then. So that's a little bit about me, Mark. Turning pain into prosperity. I like it. Let's get into the conversation. Your book, Ask, Damn It, Just Ask. I love the title. I think it's very fitting given today's day and age because most people just don't. They just don't ask. And I find that very frustrating as someone who's grown up in a family that's not afraid of conflict and sort of tells you exactly how they feel at all times. Conflict has never been foreign to me, but it's also something that I've had to learn how to steer in the right direction. So asking for something has never been an issue. For me. And yet, when I have discussions with people, I find that this is actually quite a big deal. And in fact, through my training, the single biggest tactical thing that I try and teach people is just ask. And I'm, we have all the theoretical reasons of why people don't ask. But in your experience, why do people just not ask? 
I believe that there are two primary emotions that control human beings, fear and love. And we are really, fear and love are such a powerful emotions. Imagine this, we do a lot for love, we do a lot out of fear, or we don't do a lot as a result of fear. Fear being one of the biggest ones. We're afraid of being told no. This big word told, you know, no, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to give you the job opportunity. I don't want to go out with you. And human beings, being the emotional creatures that we are, feel that we're going to be crushed if somebody says no to us. We haven't discovered how to just accept the fact that no is going to happen. It's not a big deal. Once you're confident in yourself, it's only data. When you receive the word no from someone, no, I don't want to go out with you. That's information. Okay. That could mean a number of different things, but why do I take it personally? People are concerned of conflict, but they don't realize that conflict too can be an amazing thing. Conflict should be looked at as an opportunity, an opportunity to create even a better relationship that you have. Without that conflict, you wouldn't ask more questions. What is it that I can do? What is it that we can do together? So that would be the longer answer to why is it that a lot of people fear to ask, to damn it, just ask, is simply because they're afraid of being told no, and they're taking the no's personally. And if anybody takes a no out there personally without using it as data, it's data. Okay, they said no. Why should I let that crush me? Is it going to crush me? Only if I allow it to. But if I look at it and I say, okay, maybe this is why, and I have to do something to get myself to that level. Maybe I am not ready for that job and I need to put in more information. So I'll ask why the no came. So you could go back to the person who interviewed you for the job and say, I understand that I didn't get it. Appreciate your time. What is it about my interview that I can improve on for the next time? There's so many things that we could do, Mark. And no is not something to be feared with. In fact, every negotiation begins with the word no. So tell me about, there seems to be an inner and an outer conflict that exists when this happens. Whenever we negotiate, whenever we try and get into a situation where we know we're asking for more than we generally expect we're going to get, right? Which is generally where negotiation happens. Yes. There's this inner conflict that occurs. And also... When we get that, no, there's that outer conflict that occurs. But first, I want to deal with the inner conflict. What is the inner conflict that's happening? What's causing that anxiety? And I know it's the stress around getting the no. It's a stress around getting the rejection. But how do we as people deal with that? I believe it comes down to a lack of confidence and perhaps even a lack of preparation. Because before we enter into any negotiation, they always say, who is it that you negotiate with first? Well, the first person you should be negotiating with is yourself. And in your preparation phase, and I talk about this in the book, really, it is about understanding the negotiation process, preparing for it. How do you prepare? Well, you get to know as much as you possibly can about the person that you're going to be negotiating with. What does their company stand for? What is it that motivates them? Do they have a mission statement? What are they all about? What questions am I ready to ask? Do I know all the answers going into it? And here's a big one. What is my bottom line? How am I going to treat them? And a lot of these questions, this internal conflict can be easily controlled and actually turned into curiosity as opposed to conflict 
just simply by approaching it with a different attitude. I'm not there to make outstanding, terrible demands. I'm there to be reasonable. And I want to set the tone to this negotiation. I know what my bottom dollar is, and I'm going to work at seeing if we can reach an agreement that is of mutual satisfaction to both of us, that we both feel happy about the outcome. And that internal conflict need not exist. You're confident in yourself. You know what you're going to ask for. You're not going to throw it there. Well, I want a million dollars when in fact you're looking for half of that. You're going to be reasonable. But again, you're going to seek first to understand what is it that they are offering? What is it that they want? And from there, that conflict can be minimized, if not eliminated, by the confidence and preparation that you bring into that negotiation room. Hey, folks, we're going to take a short break from this podcast to tell you all about the negotiation training that we offer at Negotiations Ninja. If you're part of a sales team, if you're part of a procurement team, if you're part of a customer service team, really, if you're part of any customer or internal facing organization where communication sometimes fails, we probably have training that's going to help you. If you're trying to figure out how to deal with conflict better, if you're trying to figure out how to get more value out of your negotiations, if you're trying to figure out how to deal with price increases, give me a call. The easiest way to be able to do that is to go straight to our website at negotiations.ninja. That's negotiations.ninja. Or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn and let's set up a conversation. Would love to chat with you all about that. Let's get back to the show. I love that you transitioned into basically the beginning part of your acronym that you talk about in the book, which is peer negotiating. Right. What does the I stand for? So it's P-I-E-R. What does the I stand for? Yeah, thank you for asking. The first thing I'd like to say is that when you're looking at the method in which I teach in the book, imagine just a pie. I don't know how many people really don't like pie. I love pie. My favorite pie is probably fruit pie. Love a great Black Forest cake, but that's cake. But when you look at a pie, P-I-E, think about that and think of the R being the second dessert. The pie in peer stands for preparation, like planning. The second piece of the pie is the I, which is intent. And the third is engagement. So P-I-E, I have to plan. My intent has to be focused on my client and not on myself. And I really have to keep them engaged. How do I do that? The entrance that I make, the first meeting that I have must be a good one. I am going to plan to make an excellent entrance, an excellent first impression. Then I'm going to keep them engaged. How am I going to keep them engaged? I'm going to be asking questions. I'm going to be taking the time to ask engaging questions and to pitch properly. So in the planning phase, I could go through it all, but imagine this, as a former hostage negotiator, one of the things that we did, we had no idea who was going to take a hostage or what the situation was going to be. Imagine this, Mark. Imagine a telephone call coming in to the police station like this. Yeah. Are these the cops? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is Johnny bad guy. I got a story for you. In about a week, I am going to be hopped up on drugs and I'm going to be at the variety store at the corner of Simcoe in front. You know that one? <laughs> and I'm going to rob the place, but I'm going to get all flustered and take some hostages because there's a 
cruiser that's going to be passing by at the same time. I just want to let you know I'm in the store. I've got hostages and you've got to come. Well, they don't do that. They don't give us a call and announce what they're going to do. Unlike most of our negotiations, we know, I know I'm going to be meeting with Mark in a week. We're going to be meeting at this location. And this is the topic we're going to be talking about. Hostage negotiators don't know that. Johnny Bad Guy didn't let us know. So we have to prepare for the unexpected. And the way in which we did that is that we had mock scenarios that we would do every month. We would have a series of different scenarios that were provided to us, and we would practice. This is one thing in the preparation phase a lot of people don't do. If I have a big negotiation that I have to go to, say, in three or four days from now, you being my friend, Mark, I might pick up the phone and say, Mark, I am going to be negotiating with Mr. So-and-so from XYZ. Would you play his role and ask me all kinds of negotiation questions? When are you going to deliver? What is it that you offer? Why should I go with you? And let's do this role playing in which I will answer as thoroughly and passionately as I possibly can. And then let's switch up the roles and have fun with this. We don't do that. We just say, okay, we have this thing. We go in. Big part of preparation is role-playing, in my very humble opinion here, is that in that, you get to you get to practice some of the objections that might arise or some of the questions that you might be not prepared for. So preparation is a big, big thing. When I talk about the intent, the intent really is, is that we don't sell to people, we sell for people. Oh, what do you mean we don't sell to people, we sell for people? Don't give them something we they don't want. Mm. Like we have to be transparent. It's not about the clothes. It's about the experience of purchase. Everybody wants to buy something, Mark. I buy, man, I bought a speaker not too long ago. Did I need it? No, but I wanted it. So we want something, <laughs> right? We want something, but we don't want to be, we don't want to go to a sleazy type of salesperson and we feel that the only thing they want to do is they want to close the deal. Hey, this is the speaker, or this is the car for you, or this is the thing for you. And you're going to be so great. You know, this, uh, we don't, we, nobody wants a closer. We want someone who is going to coach us on the purchase. We want to buy from someone to be sold in a way in which we're being consulted. Imagine your family members, the people that you love the most. I don't know if you're married, you have children or whatever, or your family, you wouldn't want your family members to go to a closer who just sells for the purpose of making their commission. You'd want to send people that you love to a salesperson or a negotiator who really cares about the outcome, their outcome, not so much theirs. Their intent is focused on the client. What is it that you're looking for? And may I go through the different advantages of having this product and perhaps the different disadvantages. Let me first understand what is it you're looking to do with this XYZ? What is it? I, it's like dating. Imagine, like, I'm going to throw this out because I love teaching this. Negotiating and selling is like dating. It really is. Let's take the negotiation process. That's so important. What do you do when you first date someone? What's your purpose for being there? You want to see if the two of you have a connection. If the two of you offer something that each other want, right? It's an exploratory thing to see whether or not you're a match. It's very much that way when you're in a negotiation is that there are two people or several people coming together 
to ask questions, to get a feel to see if they can work together, whether they're a match. We do this by asking questions. And if you are the person who's asked the other on a date, your intent has to be focused on the person that you've asked out, right? You really want to make it about them. You want to find out so much about them. Why? Two reasons. Number one, you want to build that trust. You want to build that likability, but you also want to find out about them to see whether or not you're going to clash or whether this person is from outer space and it's just not going to work out. And the same is very true when you get into that negotiation room is if I start talking about me, hey, baby, I'm the best thing that's ever come along. You know what? You don't have to go to company Smith down the road because they don't have what I've got. And you don't have to go on any more dating apps because I'm it. And if I use that in a dating situation, I'm not going to go for a second date for sure. In fact, my date might just get up and say, you're crazy and get the heck out of there. And so would another company if you walk in and you made it all about them. I've got this cup and it's going to solve all of your problems. And this is why, and this is why we should go. And this is it. And this is it. And the client is sitting back there going, you don't even know what my pain points are. You don't even know what I'm dealing with because you never bothered to ask. All of a sudden you're making this pitch and you're just not focusing on what I need. So I really don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm. And thank you very much. We're leaving. So I hope that answered your question, but we're not selling two people. We're selling four people. We want to provide them with something that they truly want that fits the need or the void that they had. I want to give them service. I want to serve them. In doing so, I do so much for myself. At the end of the day, I gain as much, if not more, because they're going to come back to me once they know me, like me, and trust me. They're going to say, you listened to me. It's one of the big things. Remember I said love and fear were two of the big emotions that really control some of our behavior or most of our behavior. People want to be seen, understood, appreciated, and it's the same in business. Do you see me? Do you know what I'm dealing with, what my pain points are? And are you going to be able to help? Because this is why I'm looking for someone to fill this position, this goal, this need, or to buy from. So that's, yeah. I love it. Love it. Okay. Sorry. I distracted you. Let's get back to the pie. Yeah. We're so talking the pie, about delicious fruit pie. I mean, negotiations. Yeah, you got it. So <laughs> when you think about pie, you think I've got a negotiation. Think about the word pie. Okay. Before you go on your negotiation, I've got a plan. And in my planning phase, I've got to learn as much as I possibly can. People are doing that on the internet when they're going to meet their first date. They're just checking out the name. They're, I, once, I, I once knew a woman who dated an axe killer. And Whoa. yeah, he had just gotten out of For jail. For real, actually? Yeah, I was working on the police department when this guy had axed. He had killed his wife with an axe. And uh, the woman that I knew, this was years later, she was dating this guy who just didn't seem right. And he just wouldn't answer questions. Where's your wife? Well, you know, she's no longer around. I have no idea where she is. And how about your children? Well, they're in London. They're in a school. They're this, they're that. I'm out of touch with them. And she finally, after about three or four weeks of dating this guy and why she didn't do it, and of course, this is a few years back, she decided to do a check on him to find out that he had asked his wife. The reason for bringing that story is the importance of really checking into the person you're going to be dealing with. And the internet allows us to do that. Five minutes on the internet, five minutes on Google, five minutes on LinkedIn can really uncover a lot of information about the person you're going to 
be negotiating with. So in the planning phase, know as much as you possibly can about what their mission statement is, what their product is, and to discover whether or not you're a good fit. Be honest. Every business deal is not going to be for you. And you've got to know that. But if it's one that you truly believe in and you know that you can offer something of value, then that's when you proceed. So planning is mental preparation. It is discovery. That is discovery as much as you possibly can. Where are we going to meet? Under what circumstances are we going to meet? Do I have a secondary negotiator with me? What is it that I know? Have I role played so that I walk in with confidence? I'm going to negotiate with myself first. How are you feeling about this, Paul? feeling a little bit not 100%. What must you do about that, Paul? I think I need to get a hold of Mark. I think I need to run a few things with Mark and see if I can get that confidence up. I'm ready. Once you are, when you decide that the I, the intent, is it going to be about me and making the sale? No. I want to be transparent. I really want to open the channels of communication I want to ask exploratory questions, the the exploratory questions. I want to ask as much as I possibly can. Have you been talking to someone else? What is it that you're looking to solve with this? Damn it, just ask all these questions that you may have in your mind. What is it that you're looking for? What are the pain points? Take a hostage negotiation, for example, Mark. Once we had established that rapport with the hostage taker, and things went along, and they said, hey, I want a plane. And of course, I'd use my DJ voice, and I'd go, John. How am I going to bring you a plane? That's something I just can't do. I can't bring you a plane. But what is it that I can do for you? What is it I can do? So when I got them to that stage where we were about to close the deal, I would ask them this question. What is it that you're most afraid of, John? What is it that you're afraid of right now? And in about eight out of 10 cases, Mark, the answer was, I'm afraid that when I step out of this place, your snipers are going to kill me. That's a true concern that a lot of the hostage takers had, because in most hostage takings, they didn't plan on it. It was a spur of the moment decision made out of extreme uncertainty about their situation, and they panicked. And now I've talked them out. I've talked them almost out, but now it's the next stage. What are you afraid of? Let's go back to the negotiation. You ask your client, your potential client. What is it that you're concerned about the most? And some of them will answer that. They'll answer and they'll say, well, I'm afraid that you're not going to follow through or that X number of things are going to happen once we sign the deal. And then that's when you get to say, well, it will be completely covered in the paperwork. But not only that, I give you my word and I will keep in touch with you. It's about relationships. So the I is in the intent. The E is keeping them engaged and making that first Impression. So that's the pie itself. But once you bake that pie and you successfully have done it, it turns into a relationship. That's the R. So planning, intent, entrance, and engagement equals relationship. And this is what we're looking for in making a sale, in negotiating successfully. We're looking for the relationship. Let's go back to the dating thing. If in some point of that dating process, something went wrong or we just weren't a match, we would amicably leave and say, we're just not, I don't see this going any further. But if it did, there's a relationship building there. There's something that we want to explore even more and the deal is made for a second date. And we, when we look at that, it's in very simple terms. 
get to know the person that you're going to be negotiating with and getting into business with. Because the more that you know, the more that you can serve the other. There's another acronym, if we have time, I'd love to talk about, and that's the sales acronym that is all part of this pie. But really, when you think of a pie, it's simple. You imagine, okay, I know what a pie is. What does it stand for? Three letters, planning, intent, and get, ah, shoot, yes. Let me make it about them. The intent must be about them. How do I do that? I ask questions. What are you looking for? What are you looking for in a partner? What are you looking for in a business partner? What are you looking to fix? What are you looking to work with? What part are you looking for? What do you expect from me? All these exploratory questions so that I can answer everything to your satisfaction and build that trust for what we call a relationship. Fascinating stuff. We're definitely going to discuss the sales acronym, but on another show. I think I'm going to title this podcast, How to Know If Who You're Dating Is an Axe Murderer, or something to that effect. (laughs) You know what, Mark? That that would be a great title. I'll tell you, I knew this woman quite well, and we were talking, and she was telling me about her past dating experience. And she went on to say, you're not going to believe this. And when somebody says you're not going to believe this, the chances are it's going to hit you pretty hard. And when she said, well, I was dating an axe murderer, I said, what? And I remember I was working on the police department years and years before and I had heard about this. I was in the detective office, but the murder had happened in a city just outside of where I was working. And I wasn't the detective assigned to the case, but we heard, hey, this guy just axed his wife. And you know how he got caught, Mark? How do you get caught? He called a friend. No he called a friend to move the body. You remember the old joke? I don't know if you've ever heard it. And maybe in poor taste, if it is, you cut it right out. But how do you know the value of a true friend? It's somebody, you the body. it's somebody that you can call to move a body. <laughs> and this guy was not obviously not a true friend. I actually believe that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. I know you are my real friend, you're going to help me get rid of this thing. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a movie out there. I saw a clip of it, actually not too long ago. And it's a famous actor, but he walks up and he says, I'm going to ask you to do something. And you can't ask me why. You can't ask me what it's about, but you got to say yes. And the guy looks at him and they're military people and they might have some shady things going on. The guy says, I'm with you. I won't ask you anything. And so the whole movie unfolds on that premise. So yeah. yeah. Incredible. Wow. Full of great stories and full of great advice, Paul. I know that people are going to want to connect with you. So how do they do that? And where do they buy your book? Uh, Mark, thank you. Yeah, they can connect with me through my website. It's very simple. It's J as in John Paulnado.com, jpaulnado.com. My books uh, are available online, and I believe that you can get them in just about every country. At least some books can be had. My first book, definitely, it was published by HarperCollins. And my negotiation books are available through, I believe, most Amazon locations. So that's how to get a hold of me. But thank you very much. And to everyone out there, there's an important thing that I would like to leave you with. Negotiations are not hard. When you look at a negotiation, for example, or even a sales situation, it really is about connecting with another human being. And when you think about negotiation in its simplest terms, negotiation is simply when two or more people get together to reach an agreement. And we've been doing that ever since we could open our mouths and ask for that second piece of pie. 
That was a negotiation way back when. You may not know that you're doing it. You're negotiating every day of your life. Don't make it complicated. Really be transparent. Really make it about the person that you're negotiating with and seek first to listen, to understand, and then to be understood. And this applies in our personal relationships as much as it applies in our dating relationships and our business relationships. If we try to understand the other person and our intent is focused on them, it's amazing how many doors open and how many relationships are built on that very simple foundation. I make it about you. Amazing. Paul, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me on and all the best to you. 